welcome to the Tell It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way. And I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I want you to share with your friends in this, this, this Christmas uh, season. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Christmas because without the birth, there would not have been the death, burial, and resurrection. And where would I be? I sure wouldn't be here. Uh, any rate, share this with your friends and your family and your enemies and all of that, because I have my co-host. He's gone from a guest to a co-host, um, Apostle Calvin Cook, who is my brother. He's my only brother. He is my brother. And I want to welcome you. Come on in, uh, co-host, brother, Apostle Calvin. Yeah, on the co-host thing, we still negotiating the contract. So. <laughs> I don't don't announce it too early here. I already announced it. Oh Lord Jesus, let's move I'll on. Keep announcing it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's. How are you? I'm doing well. That's one of the things that family do, right? They just they just just throw it on out there. Yeah, praise God. That's what we I, do. I was excited about that. You know, I was listening to that that trumpet as as we were uh, that, that that yeah that trumpet that that uh, horn. That was uh, the trumpet that was going on. You know, okay. that was a trumpet. It wasn't the. It wasn't a shofar. It was a trumpet. Just in case you people want to know, and um, I, I just want to let you know that we're going to talk about um, how it is that we operate through our kingdomship and how the tabernacle and what it does and how it is that it. It works out these things in us. And so that's what we, uh, the corporate we, um, <laughs> Apostle Cal is going to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been really, really uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. We, we've been, we were talking about the wine press being the holy of holies where God presses out what's in the great, the great sacrifice, what it, what it carries for the Lord by being pressed to come to its purpose. And, and the body of Christ hasn't really been taught that, but that's how God gets his new man into the earth is through, we press our way into the kingdom and through that press, all the God essence of us gets revealed. Uh, I went back this week purposely to review my, uh, my stance in the tabernacle. Uh, often I hear people say this and say that, but from my study, from my stance in the tabernacle, uh, it's almost impossible for us to get the true essence of the scripture until we go back to the roadmap that God left us where the true essence is being revealed. Now, they don't reveal this in Bible college, by their Christ. They don't reveal it in seminary or any other place. This is revealed in the word of God that Somebody should have taught you before you ever went to those other schools. And this is where I find fault with our educational system that we inserted into the church. We send people away from things you should have taught them. We as fathers should have taught them. It says, raise up your children in the way of the Lord with the fear and amity. It wasn't talking about sending them to no strangers to raise your kids up. It's talking about the man of God and the woman of God. Or those fathers in the house were supposed to raise up their children. So that they would be, they would at least have the sin of the sending one. They would have the same fabric and, 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 and spiritual integrity as their father that sent them rather than go out and see. We have a Christian school. I don't mean, I'm just going to tell it, but there's a lot of sinners going to that Christian school 
there's there's even Islam people going to that Christian school and other uh, uh, even Asians that go to that Christian school they're not Christian, but they found out that there's a, some stability in that teaching, so they come to the place where there's stability. But those kids are learning about Jesus, <laughs> and they, you know what I'm saying. But when we send our kids out, a lot of the schools they don't they don't teach that. So I want to go back just for a minute uh, to the foundational thing. Uh, that I've been really pushing this foundational thing, and it does not start in our schools. Amen. It starts with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the beginning of our relationship with Him. And it doesn't just start in America. It starts always in the garden. It starts with God's original intent. What was was God after? Because I found that if you have what He's after, He'll come after you. If you're carrying what He gave you to carry. He'll come after to see the harvest of or see the level of growth of maturity. Every parable we have, he gave someone son. He came back later to check it out. I gave you some parable. I gave you some talents. What you do with them? Come on. I gave you some seed in the vineyard. What did you do with them? I planted this tree, and after a couple of years, it didn't do anything. I'm gonna cut it down. Oh no, give me one more year, Lord. So he always comes back to to, to assess what he's given the people as a responsibility or a stewardship. Amen. So we got a we got something working that we need to understand. He gave us the seed of his son, and there's got to be a harvest of sons because the father is coming back. The husbandman is waiting patiently for the precious fruit of the earth. He's talking about the sons of God to manifest. Amen. He said heaven would hold Jesus until the restitution of all things. So, so I don't know why anybody's prophesying any 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 final things because everything is not back where it's supposed to be. Now watch this. I got, I'm going to read this uh, again because uh, this is what God says. In, in Adam, I'm in Genesis 3, because I just want to start with the beginning. It says, and, God, and, and they, Adam and Eve, heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool, in the spirit of the day, or in Genesis 3, 8. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in them. That's in Exodus 25, 8. I'm just going to watch this. This one really gets me. It gets me because this is a one that really shakes me. It says, for the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. And that's in Psalms 131, uh, 13 through 14. Now watch this. And where two or three are gathered, brought and led together in my name, there I will, I am the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of them. That's Matthew chapter 18 uh, through 20. Now, this is the one that I that I want to talk to a little out of today. It says, uh, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be be with them. And that's Revelations 21. And so. Uh, it was just. God's intention to reveal the tabernacle of Moses to reveal your tabernacle. And so that you would know that what he's doing when he's working in you to will and do, he wants you to see the work of the tabernacle and translate that into the work he's doing in you. And, and you can see the type and shadows and metaphors and things he's trying to do so that you can cooperate uh, what he's, with what he's doing. Amen. We talked about sin so much in the church, the people are gun shy and they blame the devil for it. The devil has very little to do with what's going on in the church. This is the work of the father. He said, I will build my church. 
And I think what we've done, we made the church your your building, your denomination, or or your your edifice or your structure. When in fact, when he said he's going to build his church, he was talking about building a people. He's talking about building you and I and those about us to be his temple, to be his spiritual habitation. Ephesians chapter two, the twenty and to the end of the verse, the end of the chapter, that we would be a spiritual habitation uh, in the spirit. We would be a spiritual habitation built built by and built on apostolic and prophetic jesus being the cornerstone that that is what and that's what we're supposed to have been doing but we didn't do that we did something else we built we built other things and those things are now in competition with what god wanted to do so what i wanted to do today i want to go back to we're talking about uh i, I want to go back to the table of showbread in the in in, in the holy of holies because I got to show you something that's there. Uh, we talked about communion. I talked about a little bit about Gideon last time I was with you. We talked about Joseph. But let me show you uh, some parallels uh, with this wine. And, and that even in the tabernacle, there was a table of showbread with 12, 12 loaves of bread, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Are you with me? All right, now watch this. And also, it had a, a, a pitcher of wine, real wine. Uh, in a cup and with the bread sprinkled with incense on it. Amen. That's our communion table. That's the communion. Uh, it was uh, called the table of, let me tell you all the names that they used to call this thing. Uh, it, it was called, uh, uh, it contained, uh, speaks of the body of Christ, the covenants of the Lord's meal, the table of showbread. Uh, it, it's the table of the Lord, the bread and wine of the New Testament. Uh, it. Uh, I like this. It says that, uh, it's a shamim. It's the bread of his presence. It's his face. It's face bread. It 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 simply seems that when we, it's the only table of the Lord. that's called the table of God. It's the only table. He told him, "You polluted my table, which you put some other stuff that wasn't in my intention." And he told the man of God in Ezekiel forty-four, "Since you guys didn't want to be truthful to me, you can't come to my table and serve me anymore." Uh huh. So, so only Zadok can come. You were eliminated, and and you know what he told him in Ezekiel. He said, "Here's your punishment. What's my punishment, Lord? I'm going to give you the people to minister to, but you won't be able to minister to me. I'm gonna wear you out with ministry. I'm gonna wear you out. I'm gonna tax your brain with the need of these immature people. I'm gonna have you running around like Santa Claus because you didn't have sense enough." To have a relationship <laughs> with you. Oh, oh, you're not listening to me here. Now, you better hear me now. All this stuff we say we're doing for the Lord, and we haven't spent any time with him. So the punishment for the priesthood in Ezekiel chapter 41 was be to be busy in ministry and, and to have all the people in your church crowded, many people. And that would be, but he said, you will not be able to minister to me at my table. In other words, you will not ever have the intimacy that can keep you in ministry without stressing out. Um, you will not allow, you will not be allowed to enter into my rest. This is why I want to bring this, this thing to you. you okay. got your, yes, and, and what I, what I want to uh, uh, interject here is this. You don't even have to have a large congregation of people to be worn out by the few. Sometimes you got a few and they wear your behind out 
and because you're you're ministering and you're doing all of these things and so this is powerful but i just want to let you know what that's powerful what you just said doctor because listen listen joe are you there put the tabernacle up there my brother i got now you got me started here so here's what happens here's what happens uh, uh uh do the other one with the holy holies I should have told you earlier, but I was there. It is now. You see what, what you just said was. Now we got okay. Here's what happens: if you don't, if you're not allowed into this crushing room, if you don't get into this room where you you disappear and he appears, what happens is you'll have to minister to the people with your strength, because you won't ever receive the strength of the Lord. But what the Lord will do if He's the first in your pursuit he's the first in your endeavor he's the first in your life he's the first the first the first and after you do the first you do the first again then what he'll do instead of you minister to the people he's you as a vessel and he'll minister to the people through you and you won't get worn out because he'll do all the work in you and through you and you remain a vessel he's using rather than you try to produce a work or produce another word or produce another thing or produce another a revival or produce another move of God or try to make something happen and make this and do that and you want to be the ramrod and the controlling spirit and the things of God then you wear yourself out because that's not how this thing works okay now what I want to go back to now the reason that cup of wine is on that on the same table as that uh, showbread, and also in that pitcher of wine uh, is on that table because that's the table of our communion, community, communion, union with Him in the body. If you can't watch this, I'm, I'm going to help you right now. If you can't get along with the body, you can't have God because God and the body are synonymous. You mad at somebody in the body? Something wrong with you? Because the body and the body and the head are one. Amen. And so what he does was he puts incense on the bread. Watch this. Puts the cup of communion on the table. Puts two crowns on it around the table. One crown is facing up, and the other crown is facing down. Because sometimes. In the midst of his kingship, you get tribulation. And then other times you get glorified. That's why the crown is up and the crown is down. But no matter what you go through, he's still the king. Now, if you commune with him and his people at this 12, in other words, the 12 tribes means the complete wholeness of his intentions or the or the, or, or the tribe, the tribe, Israel or the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? 12 months, 12, 12, 12 months in a year. Uh, uh, all this 12 is a secular number that always comes to another start. 12. Amen. The woman had the issue of blood for 12 years. Little girl died at 12 years old. Then she met, she bumped into Jesus. Both bumped into Jesus and came back to life. So 12 means we 12, uh, 12 months in a year, then we get a new year. 12 tribes, come on, 12 armies. Come on, There's all, 12 is significant here. But what happens here, when we come to this fullness, now we're able to minister, watch this, forgiveness, reconciliation, 
We, we, we no more bitterness. Why? Because the cup and the incense, incense represents our intercession for the body of Christ, and the cup means our communion. So then, when we go to God, there's no disunion, there's no schism, there's no ism, because we can't go to the altar of prayer until we do the work of the table in the presence of your enemies. And most of those enemies will revealed in you when you sit at that table. You're going to find out that that brother and sister across the church and those other ones that been worshiping with you are not your enemy. The fact that you don't know God to know who they are in your company or the sons of God, you become an enemy of your forward progress. And God won't let you come to the prayer altar if anybody in the church is your enemy. I will say that again. If anybody that Jesus has redeemed, listen to me, body of Christ, we want to be so deep. If anybody in the church, you still got your mouth on them, you still find them lesser than you, you still regard yourself higher than they are, you still got something to say about them, you still adjusting them so they can be more like you, then uh, listen to me, you got a problem, not them. Amen. That's well, why this adjusting them so that they can be like you. Oh my they, you gosh. Always, they, they say things because they want people to be like them. They think they're the perfect model of what Jesus looks like in the flesh. And so they got to a praise. They have an opinion about everything. Oh, you know, they need to do this. Oh, if Pastor Baker would just stop laughing. Oh, if they just would do this. And oh, if they just could be like that. Everybody got something to say, uh, body of Christ. But nobody's esteeming. Listen, the table is the table of esteeming. I'm going to say this again. When you see the body and you have the right cup, and you come on, you have the right prayer life, you see everybody just like Jesus does. Now, I'm going to give you something. You you get ready to say something. I'm going to let you, because I'm getting ready yeah. to roll right now. Yes, okay. Here's something, as you were saying that, here's something that just started to, to, um, uh, pop out. It's one of these things in, in the esteeming. I have to esteem others higher than myself. And what does that mean, Baker? Here it is. What this is telling me is this. I have to look from the place that I am positioned to see the Jesus part that he wants to manifest in and through them in the earth. And that way, all the parts of the body, all the members, all the parts of the body come together in the picture of who he is. But it looks different because it has a different view. And when we look at it from that different view is what you're talking about. One of the things that you're talking about, you're talking about multiplicities of things. But one of the things of it is, is this. That's why he says, compare yourself with nobody. That's right. Compare yourself with nobody. I had to tell somebody the other day, you don't want to compare yourself with Apostle Cal. You will never be Apostle Cal. There is only one. And that's all we need is that one as he does what it is that he does, as God does what it is that he does through him and presents it in that way. So what you're saying is a freeing thing. Take this as an impartation, not as one of these things that you already know, people. Wake up. And, and and allow this to what he's saying to come into you so that you can receive it. Go ahead. See, see, if we're part of the body of Christ, we don't have six hands on this body. 
You understand what I'm saying? So to esteem it, to, to me, uh, resonates in my spirit because you recognize the part that God has set that person to be in the body. And because God always sets things perfectly, you esteem the choices of God. And in the meantime, you also esteem the ones that he chose to put in those positions and places within the body of Christ. Amen. And we and we call that, we, some people want to call it body life or whatever you want to call it, but that, that is how this thing works. In turn, when he says esteem, doesn't mean that you have a, you know, you get big party lights and shine spotlights on people. It just means that you recognize the God choice of making them a particular part of the body that functions on your behalf. Because when any part of my body, I just came from the doctor, he says, some of your body ain't working the way it's supposed to. So that tells me that if it's not working, the, some other parts of my body got to go help it work. That's esteeming. That's when you recognize you esteem. Your, now, watch. Let me show you something. Every man and woman of God, particularly in this particular story, I'm going to tell you about. Let me just give you uh, Joseph. Joseph had a dream. Joseph's dream cost him great tribulation because he was arrogant. Joseph was going to get murdered, but his older brother Reuben said no. So they pretended that he was dead and threw him in the pit and sold him to the, the, uh, the, the Ishmaelites in a caravan. The Ishmaelites, which represents Ishmael, your, your cousin, huh, took him directly to a place where the flesh will take you, always take you to Egypt. Come on, somebody. And that's what those people, that's what this that's what a caravan represents. It's, it's they're carrying this, this man and his dream into the Egyptian nation. He's hired by Potiphar. Potiphar's house begins to prosper. Potiphar's wife looks on Joseph, and he I guess he looked like a eye candy to her. I don't know. He, all of a sudden, she wants to have some of that. You know what I'm saying? Like some people do. And so he he ran from her. So she said, well, he ran from me. That's like he thinks he's in a way. She lies on the man of God. He ends up in a prison. Pitt, Potiphar, prison. Now watch this, body of Christ. Please listen to me. If God's going to take you anywhere, this is the process of getting you there. Watch, watch this, watch this. So what does he do? He has him down there with a baker and a cupbearer. Why? Because before he can go to the palace, he got to drink the wine and he got to have the bread for communion. So God sets him in this prison so that he can get to know the God. See, Pharaoh didn't put him in prison. God did. God put him there because you must be in prison to purpose before you can go to the throne. So God imprisons this man of God in his purpose. And the next thing you know, because he's in prison, he's having communion, he's got the bread, and he's got the wine. Now he's in the palace. Are you listening to me? Let me give you, let me help me, let me help you here. A lot of people talking about, I bind Satan, I refuse. Wait a minute. First of all, let's find out who it is when you start all this binding. It could be God trying to get you to the palace, trying to get you to your purpose, trying to get you to realize the life of God that you carry. Mary carried Jesus. You carry Jesus. You carry the life of the Son of God. And it may take some hell and print. I don't know what it's going to take for him to be released. 
Now let's go to this guy called Gideon. The Midianites have devastated the crops. Every time they come to harvest, here come the Midianites. And they're cowards. They're running from the Midianites. Oh, they're going to take our stuff. And so here it is in uh, uh, Judges chapter 6, 11. The man of God is hiding up in the wine press with his wheat. What you doing up there with the wheat in the wine press? Because God has set them up for communion because you need wine and bread to have communion with God. So he puts him in the place where there's wine. He, put, he has him bring his own bread. And now he's ready to face his enemies. So this is why we have to be in communion in the most holy place so that we can be pressed and come into communion at this table so they can, we can be more and able and strengthened to face our enemies and to take our dominion back and walk in the places that we talk about walking and that we have not been prepared to walk. You don't, you can't walk where you haven't been prepared. You can't walk where there's no communion, where there's no depth in you of God, where there's no, he doesn't know your voice and you don't know him. And you're always using his name, but you don't spend any time with him to get the wine flowing and the bread of life to manifest so you could have communion. Amen. That's where I, I, I was carrying that in my spirit because I watched how God put people in situations, always provided them communion, always provided them a place of commune, a place where they could get a hold of him, amen, in the time of their trouble, in the time of their need. Amen. Are we okay with that? Yeah. 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 You have about two more a minute and a half. Okay. Okay. And I think I think I think what happens is uh, we misinterpret this and always mention the devil because we haven't been taught proper. We just taught we're supposed to be we're supposed to prosper and we're the king's kids and we never go through anything. But also, he said in this, he said if you're going to live godly, you're going to suffer. If you're going to press into this way, particularly in the kingdom, even though I believe the kingdom is the only message, there are thousands of other messages out there, and many people are prospering. I didn't say they were preaching evil. They're just preaching it out of sequence. They're preaching it without seeking him first, the kingdom, and establishing it. Amen. They'd rather do uh, motivational speakers. They like that. They want to be They want to be popular. They want to have enticing words of men. They want to use that Hebrew and Greek and make you run after them. But Hebrew and Greek does not bring transformation. And so you got to go after him with no added, uh, uh, like it says, superfluous. The word no. superfluous simply means you can't add no flesh to it or no earthly concepts or constructs. Everything that we do must come out of the heavenly realm. Apostle Cal, this is the perfect place for us to stop because our time has run out. Uh, well, the time has not run out, but it's uh, whatever. At any rate, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about, uh, make sure that you tune in in January on my still, uh, on my uh, uh, really telling it like it is program because we're, and I'm, Apostle Cal will be one of my guests on there periodically. He's not going to be like he is, my co-host here. But different people will be guests, but I'm going to teach. I'm going to actually teach on prosperity, that you are prosperity. Not that you're looking for it, but that you are, and you're going to learn what it's really all about. This is Apostle Baker, J. Baker, and Apostle Calvin Cook. Uh, letting you know that we're here to tell it like it is the kingdom way. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry and Christmas. join us next week, right before New Year's Eve, when Apostle Cal will be back with me. Bye-bye. Have a super duper day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.